All right, this, uh, yes, Paul has, raise your hand if you do not have a ballot. So first of all, raise your hand if you need a ballot. Keep it raised, keep your hand raised. This is going to be a half hour meeting. The first 15 minutes, I have been tasked to kind of give us a little overview of where we've been and then where we're going, and then we're going to have Dave come on up and then present uh, some of the agenda items on the ballot where we'll have questions, answers, and open for any comments. So we are here. Here's the purpose of our meeting. We are here because we are ready to move forward. And today, we are specifically voting on whether or not to, in 2019, begin a fundraising campaign for a new addition on this facility. And the addition would be to the south, Back over here, the southeast, and there's going to be some to the north, and you'll see that in just a second. But we're talking about this facility for the purpose of having everything under one roof. The theme of this campaign, we've talked about, uh, we've had a number of committees that have worked together on this, but the theme of this campaign is going to be this, Generous God, Generous Church. I want you to open up the 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 is a passage written by Paul, and I believe 1 Corinthians 15 may be one of the most important uh, signature passages to validate our faith. And Paul is basically talking about the gospel. Paul talks in the gospel what the gospel is. According to the scriptures, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Then he says, this is the gospel that saves us. Then he said, not only that, but many... All the disciples saw Jesus risen from the dead. 500 brothers saw him risen from the dead. And then he said, I also saw him risen from the dead. So he's going to give a little bit of a bio of himself starting in verse 8. And I want you to, we're going to really, verse 10 is what I want to focus on. But he starts his bio in verse 8. He's talking about Jesus, the resurrected Christ. Last of all, to me, as one untimely born, he appeared. He appeared to me, Paul is saying. So Paul is writing a first-town account that I saw Jesus risen from the dead. And, he, and really it was, as untimely mean, it was clearly God's sovereign direction that he would appear to me. And then he says, here's the reason why. For I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So he says, I shouldn't really even be an apostle because I was, he was the one that would kill the Christian church. And then he says, but, verse 10, and this is what I want us to focus on, but, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Everything I have, here Paul is, he killed, the, he was a persecutor of the church, but yet he's an apostle who saw the risen Christ. Why should he be allowed to do that? Because God is kind, he's generous, he's full of grace. And so Paul says, because of grace, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that's with me. So he said, because of the marvelous work God has done, by making me one of his apostles, I am now working out what he gave me. So, and I've been working harder than anybody. So the point of this is if we really believe God is generous, which we do, that all of us are in here not because we did anything to deserve it. I'm not a member of Kent City Baptist because I'm some kind of guy. I'm here because God has 
so lavishly poured out his riches of grace and mercy upon me. If that's true, it should compel me to be generous. Both with my time. That means what I give to not just the service of him in church, but to other people. In my, basically my talents, my gifts. And then finally, my treasure. And ultimately what we're here to talk about is treasure. And treasure's hard to talk about because people don't like to part with their money. And so this is a some degree we have to have these meetings because it's a hard topic to talk about. But it's also the one means that helps us accomplish physically tangible things that are are a monument of his grace. So the we're going to talk about that starting in January and the theme is going to be generous God generous church. I've been asked to present reasons to move forward and where we're at in this process. And so I've got a picture. Here's a picture right at the beginning. This was about, oh, right at the very start, Ken first got the plans, brought it to the pastors, and we sat and we met. And we were considering the plans and we were considering needs and why we need to move forward or should we move forward really was the question. At this time, we just got done selling the church. Actually, last year in January, it was really interesting. Ken and I were talking, and we both said, we really, hopefully this year, 2018, God will sell that church. Like, it's been a long time, and he did. You guys know the whole process. We've talked all about it. I don't need to go into that. So at this meeting, we were at that point where the albatross has been off our back. Now we've got these offices we're renting downtown, but we have a lot of needs. And so one of the main questions, why do we need to build? Why do we need this? And here's my answer. My answer is simple, because I want to challenge this church, if for no other reason, to make our people miserable. <laughs> That's what I want to do. That's why I want to have a building project, to pound you, pound you. But I'm kidding. I'm not, what you're going to see, I am, I am no Nimrod, and you'll understand that in a second too. So after the church sold, here are the five big reasons after months of meeting, and I mean months of meeting, our building committee, I asked them up here because really they've been tremendously faithful guys. They've given a lot of their time and really their talents to bring us to where we're at this point. I, again, Ken doesn't like when I say thank you to him, but Ken is the guy that he's faithful. He does it. And he really cares about this church. So here's the five big reasons. Number one, we've got a parking problem. We just do. We've talked about it. Sometimes it's 97% full. And that's hard. If you're a new attender, you come in, there are cases of people that come in and they leave because there's nowhere to park. We've even asked some people to go park at the, at the Choice One Bank. I was going to this morning, but the reader said 20 degrees. I'm not parking there. <laughs> I am. All right, second reason is use space. Use space. I'll tell you what, you want to talk to somebody who has, we've give, we, give, we have given him a tough job since he started, that's Derek. Derek's been the guy we've asked to shuffle your time here, shuffle it there, find a time that works. And Derek has bit his lip and said, why, why a lot of times is the youth not priority? It's just not. I understand it. I was a youth pastor too. I can retire. Remember we'd go to the cafeteria over at the new elementary school and we'd be playing in that cafeteria and dodgeballs would be bouncing off the and they were mad at me, like, oh, you're going to break stuff in here. You space, we need that. 
Children's faith. We need a place where our kids have really not just their own exclusive area where we can drop people off knowing that not some guy's going to walk up and down the hallway, where it's an exclusive place for our kids. They have enough, not just the wharf, but other areas where they can break out and they can have classrooms for them. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But age of youth, age of youth usually is about sixth grade up. I mean, that's the youth group, really seventh grade up. And then children's goes down from sixth grade. Isn't that about right, Ken, when you say that's a good delineation? Seventh and up, youth. Sixth and down, children. We also need offices, one location. Right now we're renting. It was appalling what we paid at the old Albatross for office space. I'm kind of glad we're done with that because I'd ask somebody for counseling at 7 o'clock at night and they'd walk through our church building thinking ghosts are going to attack them. <laughs> it's good to have a nice place right now. And it's great. It is, but it would be nice to have everything here and we don't have to pay rent. It would be nice on over there. And, of course, lobby and storage. If you don't think we need lobby and uh, a nice storage, talk to Arnie. He'll tell you. And our lobby, which you know there is a bottleneck. We've talked about that. People end up just kind of talking there. It's like a bad heart over there. You know, it gets stuck. And really, truthfully, the way it's set up is when everybody enters over there for some reason, a majority, 80%, and it's just not conducive for, look at all of you over there. It's just not good, especially if you come dropping off your little kid with all these people you know, laughing about their fantasy football. I don't want my kid around there. So that's our five needs. Let me show you where we're at right now, and you'll see what I'm talking about. This is our location presently. That's, what would you say, Ken? Is it like on a good day, Arnie, is about 95% full on a good Sunday? So our parking's limited. This is where we're at now. Go to the next slide. This is as you see it now. So really, if you look on the bottom right there, that's the wharf. That's really meant, it was originally meant to be offices. It's now used for kids' programs, wharf, large room. And you go up there, you got twos and threes and kindergarten, and really we have no adult room for adults. And then if you looked at yellow right to, uh, you know, you go that, these are the two doors. This is supposed to really be the main entrance, but that became the main entrance. Everybody goes up there, gets caught in that little artery right there. That's where it gets clogged. That's why we need to get a balloon, you know, angioplasty, that, that thing. <laughs> so then you go to the next slide. This is our ultimate dream. So we had a big question and answer of a lot of people that, what do we want? So this is a what do we want? It'd be great to have, you know, there's three-phase plan. Phase one will be what we're going to propose today. Phase two is this new, new auditorium, thousand, thousand, seats thousand people, where it's exclusively, you know, in a very good acoustically designed place, so it's not like a gymnasium where sound bounces off. I mean, that's ultimately what Jared drools for. <laughs> I mean, when he sees that's all he sees, I'm with him. Then, you know, to have a nice adult wing, that would be phase three. You know, if you link that kids wing and adult wing, that would be a nice meeting room, all of that. But, and then phase one really is what we're going to talk about today because phase one meets the big five. 
It'll be financially challenging, but I think reachable. That, that, this whole thing we can't do. That would be, to me, unwise. And as a leadership team, we can't do that for you because I just, we're not, uh, we're not the federal government. <laughs> I, I won't get into that. Anyhow, so here's what we're proposing. This is the proposed phase one site plan. You have, if you, if you notice, going to more parking spaces on the bottom that would offer 150 new parking spaces. Is that right, Arnie? About 150. And then you go in, and if you notice, there's a, this would be this side of the building over here, a youth wing, a youth building. If you cut this in half and add one, be like that over there, 22-foot ceilings. It'll be um, for youth and multi-purpose, 22-foot ceilings of a stage classrooms. You go, uh, you go up to the top, there will be an exclusive wing for children. That would be in the north up there where it will be, you can drop your kid off. There will be a barrier, so you can't get past that barrier if you don't have a kid. And then there will be storage down over here on the southeast side with an overhead door so you can pull in and you can bring larger things in that way. And it will have an expanded commons, which we'll show you. Go to the next slide. So this is going to be this expanded. So you have up here, you have the commons. That means you pull in, you go in, and it's not just that right there, that uh, meeting room, but it will be expanded. So you could actually use that for other classrooms. It'll have windows opened outside so it will breathe life into there. You go to the right. There will be some bathrooms, and then go a little bit more. You'll go up to the youth in the multi-purpose room that will have a stage. You go all the way back, or storage. If you go, um, there will be a classroom at the very end of it, and then go around, there will be the kitchen will be over there, so the traffic will come in that way. Actually, the op what you'll see, I'll show you at the very end, is the exterior hopefully will be inviting to call people over that way. So it will be more of a community feel. Then as you walk through, you go to the other side, though the wharf will become offices. With six offices, Kathy will have a room. There will be an adult meeting room in there. If you go right, those kids' rooms will be turned into mostly adult rooms. You have twos and threes, but then you go into the new exclusive wing will be a nursery. They'll have another wharf in there, and you can see in there four and fives. It will, be more, it will meet our needs. That's the point. Go to the next slide. Next slide, this is what the youth room looks like on the mezzanine floor. We'll also have a balcony with two classrooms up there. And then that storage will be accessible so you can walk in there and go to that storage. These plans meet all five. But to get there, it will be a stretch. It will be a stretch for us all, which Dave will talk about in a minute. We'll have more specifics on financials, questions about the facilities, which you'll be able to ask. But um, I just want to go into one more part on my end. And I was asked by a number of people, very specifically, Pastor Chris, why do you want to move forward on this? What do you want? What do you, does this get you excited? And they asked me, because if you know me, if you've been around me, I am very careful not to make anything about me. I, uh, I actually get the hives when, I, when, it, when, you know, hey, this is Pastor Chris's church. That makes me ill. Makes me ill for a number of reasons. I don't want a lightning bolt to strike me. 
Uh, because I'm not a top-down guy. I, uh, I hate the idea. I loathe the idea of being top-down. And I don't want to be Nimrod, which will say, I don't want to be the guy that drives people. Come on! Don't you care? You know. I remember going to old Baptist churches, always seemed like the pastor's mad at me. I don't want to be that guy. I really don't want to be that guy. You might not believe that. Like there's some people that come in here and say, oh, you love that being up there preaching, don't you? You love it. No, really I don't. I just feel I'm called to do it because I love God. And I want to tell people in a way that is, that you'll know, make you fall in love with them. Why am I the pastor? Because people recognize there's giftings that I have in leading. If you look at me before I was saved, I would be the guy sitting in the back. I was, if you know temper, temperament, I'm just kind of an otter. I just want to have a good time. But when I got saved, I realized, man, I got to do something. So why am I up here? Because I did some thinking. I did some soul searching, and I, here's what I want to tell you, if I can be honest. I really, really care about this church. I really do. I've been here for 22 years. I have raised four kids from young fives in the school system to now I have two graduated, one more this year. So I care about this town. I have done over 100 weddings. I have done even more funerals. I've counted, I've got them all in my files. I've done a lot. I've seen a lot of godly people from this church who have given their lives to this place and I have done some of their memorial services, and I thank God for them. And um, I will say this about me. I, I, want, I want you guys to love coming to this place. So I don't want to, what kind of, I don't, I'm not scared about talking about money. What I get scared about is people conceiving ill motives behind leadership. That's always terrifying to me. Oh, that leader. Because we do that with our government. We always think our government is, is, me, is wicked. And I think when you ask people to give money, how dare them ask for my money? Why do they want it? Those grubby-handed leaders. Out! Cut off their head, like kind of the queen of hearts, you know? That scares me. And I told you guys that earlier. But here's how I see church. This is why I'm excited. I see church like a big oak tree in the backyard of a family. It is alive. A tree is a living organism, but it's physical. It's sturdy. It's there. It's real. Kids play on it. You get shade from it, drinking your lemonade. Families take their family pictures by it. You pray by it. It's a tree that's there. That's how I view a church. It's a yeah, we are a, uh, you could say we are an invisible body of believers, absolutely. But we're also to be a place that has a physical presence. That's what a church is, like a big oak tree. My three personal reasons why I would like to encourage you to vote yes on this is number one, I want to do what I can with the time I have left. I want to help be a part of Providing a long-standing place for him here in this area of Kent County. A sturdy physical place that is still here even when I'm long gone and out. Dead or called somewhere else. I want this to be a place for the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He owns this place. Second reason is I think we need a tool to do more. 
I believe we're limited. We're limited as we are. We just are limited. There's some, there's some frustration when we try to accomplish some things. There's some awkwardness when we try to get some things. And it's not inviting sometimes because it's stuffed to the gills. I just want a tool to do more. And the third thing, and, and I attribute this to Dan Spolstra. I'll just give you a... We were No, this is a good thing. I, I really... I, I, uh, I prize Dan's wisdom. Dan says things that... He'll say things that he feels sometimes that the other guys won't say. And Dan was asked to be on a vision team in the summer. Greg was on the vision team, and we were talking about who we want to be as a church. And Dan said, you know, here's what I would like to be. I want to, play, I want to be a community hub, a place the people in the community just would love to come, where life happens, where there's grace given, healing, and people feel accepted. That's what I want to establish. I'm like, that's exactly it. I want a place where people say, hey, Kent City is here for you, for this town, for the person who needs a refuge. I want to show you a picture I think is kind of compelling to me. This is what the, out, this is what the artist's rendition, the architect's rendition of the outside of the building is going to look like in a new entrance. Go ahead and hit it. So this will be the new parking up here. It looks like there's only two parking spots, but they cut it off. There's going to be a lot more than that. Like either there's, that's a giant car or there's not many. No, there's going to be 150 parking spots, but this will be where the new youth wing is. They have those windows on the south side, bringing the sun in. You go in through there, and that whole new commons is going to be ceiling-to-floor windows to let the freshness and the liveness come in. I like sometimes the architect would say, imagine you're driving on M37 and it's dark out, but you look over and you see lights coming out, and there's life. To me, the idea is, and even, like some people don't like the, you know, the picture of those nice umbrellas up there and stuff, but I think it would be cool if you come in and people are just out there talking and this is a place where you are accepted. This isn't a fortress where we got the doors closed and locked. Don't come in here because we preach the gospel in here. I want a place where you're accepted. We've got a Savior that loves you. Come on in. Come on in. I love this verse. This is in David's Psalm says, I love the house where you live, O Lord, the place where your glory dwells. And I know theologians are going to say, well, you're talking about the tabernacle where the Shekinah glory was, and that's not talking about a building and a church. I know that. But there is something about a permanent place where people gather and his presence is alive, and I love being here. There's some contradictions. Yeah, but uh, why don't we just take the money that we could raise and give Bibles to Africa. Are you doing it now? All those kind, of, those kind of speculations always drive me crazy. If I just win a lottery, I'll begin tithing. No, you won't. If you're not doing it now, you won't. Well, you know, we could have meetings in our, our houses instead of having it here. In this. Are you doing it now? If we didn't have a place that you can come and meet, will you do it on your own? The reason, I think, one of the reasons why we have buildings is because people don't do it on their own but also because people need each other. They need to gather together as the day is approaching to encourage one another onto love and good works. I want to end with a short story, and then I'm biting Dave up. My short story is very simple. Before I was senior pastor, they asked me to consider it in the old church. 
And we were halfway through asking for money, and it stopped. We stopped giving. And, but there's a lot of money already raised, and I knew we had to keep asking. And I said to the deacons, I said, I believe if you ask me to be pastor, we've got to re-spark the giving for the building program to have a fundraising campaign. I said, but it's going to be hard. But I said, here's the deal. If you guys vote me in, I'm going to go for it. But I want to know something. If I, if I begin talking about the fundraising program, will you be behind me? Will you back me? And at that time, the Lord of the Rings came out and Frodo was going to take the ring to Mordor. And I said, will you guys be my fellowship? I'll take the ring to Mordor. But will you gather around me? In, my, in a way, what he's going to present, there's going to be somewhat a sticker shock. There always is. But the question is, I believe in this. Will you gather around me as I go to Mordor? And it will be a blast. It'll be fun. 